the late, great Louis Armstrong on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Uh, that was his classic, Zat You, Santa Claus, which I always like that song because it makes Santa Claus out to be potentially a burglar. So I'm really appreciative of uh, the comedy of Christmas, I think, more than anything. Good morning. My name is Nick. As I mentioned, this is a show called To a Certain Degree. Every week I have a special guest. This week's special guest, Zach Prusak. Am I saying that per- per- correctly? Yeah, Zach. Prusak. You know, it could have been Prozac, and if it was, I would be uh, making a lot of money right now if that's yeah, true or not. But no, you should have thought of that. Prusak, I think. Why weren't your parents thinking that far in the future? They should have been. They like really should have been thinking that. Registering a bunch of last names online. You know, that sort of thing. Because one day my last name would be a drug. I can just, I, I really knew that back then. Oh, well, eventually it is because we're going to run out of names that they can come up with and they're just going to go to last name. I can't wait till you have to take a couple of Jorgidios uh, <laughs> and call me in the morning. Well, if I'm constipated, I will. Yes, very good. Zach is here for the comedy, but he's also here representing locally the Nature Conservancy. So I appreciate you coming in. You are the, tell me about your title. Let's see. So this week, my title is the Florida Fire Manager and the Central Florida Conservation Program Director slash Manager, and I could be janitor by the time I leave here. Great. Perfect. So we're going to get into that, uh, but first we're going to get to know you a little bit better Uh uh, with the game. So let me just describe, uh, I was trying to think of how to describe you on the air because, you know, obviously people can't see you. I don't know if you know this. This is radio. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Uh, So I thought about describing you through the way that I think would be most appropriate, and that's by the Baldwin brothers. (laughs) So you've got the panache of Alec, Uh, the guile of William, uh, the stare of Daniel, which I think is the most important, and the subtlety of Stephen. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. So that's that's you. So let's talk a little bit more about you. Let's get to know you uh, through a game. Uh, This is the 20 questions game, but of course I have to rename it every week. Just to confuse people. So if you uh, uh, basically you're gonna you're gonna tell me if you're for or against something. Got it. And you're not gonna say I'm for or against it. You're gonna say hot or bothered. Hot or bothered. Yeah. So hot if you're for something. Because what's better than hot? Food is hot. Soup is hot. I don't care what you say about gazpacho. That's gross. I agree. Yep. Uh, and so it's better to be hot than you know the opposite, which is. Cold? Oh, no, no, no. I'd, I'd rather be hot. Plus, in my line of work, fire, as you know, is hot. Bothered is bad. You don't want to be bothered. No. Uh, no. I can't be bothered with that. This is the phrase that I think I say quite often. Don't bother me. Don't bother. Yeah. Hey there, don't bother me. Yeah. That's the famous catchphrase from that TV show. I remember that show. It yeah. was like, hey there, dad, don't bother me. Yeah, I like that show. Okay, so hot or bothered? Hot or bothered. Okay. Pool baths. Pool baths, bothered. You don't care for them. Not a big fan, no. Really? You would think somebody that's covered in soot as much as you are would just jump in the pool. But then I'd be in a pool of my own soot, and that's a problem. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Uh, How about Generation X? I am bothered by labeling generations because I think that every generation is labeled from a marketing perspective. And even though all the kids are the same, when I was a kid in the 70s, we had our own Generation X, although it was called something else. So I'd say bothered by labeling. Okay, so in general, a younger generation or Big fan of any young generation, yes. All right. Yeah, I I really, I'm trying to get behind the older generations and I just can't. (laughs) That's my big issue right now. How about headphone jacks? Headphone jacks, uh, hot. Yeah, you care for them? Yeah. You have all these headphones. You got to use them. I do. I got to plug them in somewhere. And if there's no jacks, what am I going to do with those? They really become fairly useless. Yes. All right. Good point. 
uh, colonizing Mars. Oh, hot. Uh, yeah. Double hot. Yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. Do you want to go? Do you want to be the first one out? Do you want to wait till they have the Hilton somewhere in between? Oh, Martian Hilton. I guess you'd have yeah. like a, a, a Martian on every pillow. No, I'd want to go and do the first controlled burn on Mars. Oh, nice. Yes. So after they put some stuff in and then you're going to go. You got to terraform it. You got to grow some trees so I can burn them down. That's only fair. Okay, fair enough. And you're going to take the ants out there too. Oh, of course. Martian yeah. ants are going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solar power. Solar power, hot. You're good on that. I'm good on that. Okay. Because we have like this giant nuclear fusion reactors, you know, up in the sky. We should probably take advantage of it. It's free. So, yes, hot. The sun is a nuclear reactor. The sun is the sun a fusion reactor. Is yes. a massive incandescent gas. A Mass. gigantic nuclear fusion. Uh, what is it? I think it's fusion. Yeah. See, I'm a biologist. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, that's about the extent of my physics knowledge right there. <laughs> so, I am done. Thank you very much. All right, so we were talking about uh, some social media off air, but how do you feel about this one, Snapchat? Snapchat, I guess I am bothered because it seems like that may be the only way uh, one of my sons communicates with his friends, and I don't know what they're sending, although now I'm starting to sound like a grandfather. I don't mm -hmm. know what these kids are sending on this uh, snap, whatever it is. Yeah, so you should maybe get on it. I should. Because I think it would be, if you're trying to connect with kids these days, yeah. then maybe you should get on It's really, it's actually pretty fun. So I wouldn't be like the creepy uncle. I'd be hip. I'd be um, sort of in, I don't know, I'd be I, cool. Here's the thing. Yes. Anybody who describes himself as hip and cool yes. is hip and cool. Wow. Yeah. You have just validated me. Thank you. That's how it works. Uh, how about zombies? How do you feel about zombies? Oh, very, very hot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always. So the, in terms of pop culture or just in general, you think the purge of having zombies would be good for uh, the world? Yes, I think zombies would be great to have um, with us, among us, and zombies in culture and movies. And did you know there are also zombie ants as well? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was that some sort of uh, wasp-related thing? A fungus actually invades the ant body, and yeah. then it makes the ant, actually controls them, and they climb a stalk of grass, they die, and the fruiting body pops out of their head and, and uh, sprays spores everywhere. Zombie ants. So do the, do the ants bite each other? And no, turn each other no, into zombies? no, they don't, no, sorry. So it's still zombie, but it's fungal related. Fungal zombie, which would be a great band name, actually. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right, good. Okay, so we lost somebody uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Henry Heimlich. So how do you feel about the Heimlich maneuver? I'm a big fan, hot, I would say, and yeah. it would be ironic if he died choking, but I don't think No, he, he was 96 years old. Oh, uh, well, he could have, though. I mean, you know. I, I guess all, so, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I think at that point, it's all paste. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need a special uh, paste Heimlich for that. Yes, exactly. This came up in San Francisco and Pittsburgh. How do you feel about driverless Uber? I'm hot. Uh, yeah. I know that's a huge issue, but I think that's the future of where we're going to go. We, I would love to call a car on my phone, no driver, jump in, and then go. I would love that. So the robot, I want to have like the robot head, the animatronic one for you gotta have Total that. Recall. Oh, you got to have you that. You know, a little guy in the top hat. and You got to have yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then you could actually program via your phone, which um, personality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a New York cabbie. Bing. There it is. Right. Exactly. Uh, how about soda tax? So this came soda up during tax. the election. Yeah. So a couple places, a couple cities. There was on the state ballot or two as well. But the idea is to throw a tax at soda. 
to try to get people, I guess not, it's not to not drink it because they're still going to drink it. Yeah. But to think about the health risks. I guess bothered. It's tough to legislate health. I mean, you could, so, and ah, that's a great question. I'd say bothered just on the initial reaction and the idea of trying to legislate health through taxation. Ah, bothered. Okay. Uh, Reading on a tablet. Wow. I'd say bothered because I'm old school and I have tons like of books. Having, yeah, yeah, I got to have a book. But on the other hand, the idea, this is appeals to the hoarding part of my personality. I can have all these books on a tablet and then I could yeah. actually, yeah. So hot and bothered. Okay. Yeah. 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 So all if you right. want to, you know, move away from me, I'm a little hot and bothered it's right now. It's that kind of show this yeah. morning. That's fine. That's fine. It's right before Christmas. I get it. Uh, jerky. Hot. Definitely. And yeah. I would say that we have not yet reach the maximum amount of different animals we can basically make into jerky. I'd say the more the merrier. Okay. So my idea, this just came up in my head for manatee jerky. Oh, definitely. Manatee jerky would be amazing. And you'd have it on the boat while you're on the river. Right. Manatee jerky. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, theme parks. Uh, I'd say both hot and bothered, bothered by the idea that you can actually define a state like Florida by theme parks, which we have a lot more. Right. But on the other hand, hot because in my line of work, it has actually helped me and our organization conserve and preserve land at the Disney Wilderness Preserve. So I'd say hot and bothered, and a lot of it will depend on your point of view with that. So, well, and what you didn't cover at all was, do you actually like to go to theme parks? Uh, only if there is alcohol involved, then I'll go. Okay, fair enough. Uh, speaking of alcohol involved, uh, professional wrestling. Bothered now as an adult, but as a kid growing up in Daytona, I used to watch Saturday morning, yep. the wrestling on, yeah, with um, Dusty Rhodes and all, all that stuff guys. on yeah, Saturday yeah. morning. So as a kid, loved it. As an adult, nah. So again, hot and bothered. Okay. Just from a time perspective. Correct. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like how we're getting uh, sort of time... Uh, uh, traveling in this as well. Uh, daylight savings. Speaking of which, oh my god, uh, bothered. Yeah, it's just yeah. nobody likes it. Let's no, get rid of that. No, no, that's altogether. so archaic. Yeah, exactly. Hate it. Uh, comic book movies. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. I am yeah. a huge fan, and I am a fish in a barrel. So wherever they, whenever they make one, I go see it. It's just as a kid again, comics influenced me, made me what I am today. So I love to see how people change and convert what basically is this um, two-dimensional four-color medium into a movie and i'm a fan of either even 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 the bad ones you know ben yeah. affleck and daredevil it's, it's fine so yeah hot well it's not fine. okay 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 that may be stretching <laughs> i've already had one coffee too many so good point on that it was uh so have do you have any favorites from the most recent uh slew of movies are you waiting for the finally for them to do a good dc movie <laughs> like what were you a fan of when you were a kid uh when i was a kid uh, i made this transgression from the early uncle scrooge donald duck and then avengers and iron man captain america was my big one so the um, avenger or marvel yeah marvel the dc stuff was uh green arrow green lantern the atom which of course then marvel ripped off with ant-man which i was a fan because i like dance and um then that that went over to national lampoon and then hey there are comics for adults and then hey heavy metal and then there's comics around the world so i love the fact that there are what we now call graphic novels or great comics that exist everywhere and you know watchmen for example made into yep. a movie i like a lot of the classic Marvel um, heroes, and that's 
kind of what made the core of my childhood. Okay. Very good. Uh, coffee. Oh my God, hot! And if I had an IV drip right now, it would be it in would my be veins. going right in. It's, yeah. It is pretty early. I appreciate you coming out. No problem. You didn't tell me it was this early. I I feel like at some point I would have. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. yeah so thanks so. for the phone call to wake me up. By the yep. way, yep, that's good. I like it to be a surprise. You also didn't know when you were going to be on. No, not at all. So, so totally surprise. Like, boom, boom, oh, boom. Well, you know that's come the best. Out. Yeah, no clue. And so thank you for letting me come here in my uh, pajamas. Much appreciated. So, and I'm curious about this, if you use them for work, but also in general, how do you feel about them drones? Yes, I think hot. And we do. We have a, um, we're supposed to call them UAVs, but we have a drone. And at the Disney Wilderness Preserve that we are working to utilize to find invasive plants. So we fly it up over the landscape, try to find where there are invasive plants. We use them to take video of some of our controlled burns. And so I'm a fan and I think it's one of those things where you can't stop it. They're here to stay. It's mm -hmm. about how we adapt and adopt the technology. So, and I want to talk about this a little bit more. So they're flying around and you have to zoom it in and look for, uh, for these plants and stuff. Yeah. Do you ever find like any mythical creatures? Are you ever looking like in the back of your head? Are you ever thinking, God, I hope we just find a Yeti today. We Here's the problem. We find so many mythical creatures that it really, it gets in the way of work. I mean, oh, Okay, have, so they're blocking oh, the, it's the ridiculous. plants that you're We have for. to actually, we've attached a loudspeaker to the drone to tell the Yeti, just move out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, typically lazy creatures and they lay down on the, so we just, just move. Come on. Yeah. We, we really can't find these plants. Get out of the way. I would imagine the unicorns want to just be on camera. The unicorns. Oh my God. Talk about, you know, glamour. They are just, you know, they, they'll hop in the way, they'll wave, and it's ridiculous. The whole, you know, glitter gets on the lens. It's crazy. Very nice. Uh, okay, last two. We've got flip-flops. Hot, and as a matter of fact, I thought about wearing them today, but uh, I did not, so there you go. So you, you look a little more professional? A, a little bit, a little bit more. So That's what we need to work on is professional flip-flops. Oh, that would be fantastic. And that, and then, yeah, yeah, make them, get the uh, Mad Men folks on this. Professional flip-flops yeah. or pro-flops. I like it. Uh, and then the last one is cobbler. Cobbler hot. Yeah. Hot, cobbler or pie? Cobbler. Let's go with cobbler. Yeah. Because it sounds, I think, a bit more fancy if I say cobbler. I'm going to have the cobbler. <laughs> you know, this, this apple cobbler is divine rather than, hey, this, this apple pie, it's pretty good, man. Yeah. I like how you went immediately to the smoker guy for the pie. <laughs> that was nice. All right. Well, let's listen to a little more music. Thank you very much, Zach, for... Uh, for letting us get to know you a little bit better. I feel very, I don't know, exposed yet revitalized. Okay, good. Well, that that's exactly what you do. And we're going to talk about that uh, here in a minute. After we hear from Jimmy McGriff, this is Santa Claus is Coming to Town and White Christmas on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Santa Claus is Coming to Town and White Christmas uh, from his Christmas album. Uh, very good album, actually. And sounds a little loungy, but Jimmy McGriff and uh, Jimmy Smith uh, two of my favorite jazz musicians. They both play the organ, uh, which is convenient for me. It's easier for me to remember since they both have the same first name. So I like it when artists, musicians are, you know, thinking of me when they come up with their names and such. So that's very, you. that's very, very considerate of those. Folks. Yeah, it really is. Thanks, Jimmy and Jimmy. But that was Jimmy McGriff. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree. My special guest this week, Zach Frusak. Zach, thanks again for being here. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. From the Nature Conservancy, your thing is controlled burns. Yes. I love everything about that because I love, I guess it's the analogy of it, right? Like sometimes you have to 
just burn things down in order for things to grow? Yeah, the process of fire. I mean, the world itself, this big ball in space that we're on, is just a big static ball. So Wait, you, it's round? Well, now, you know, the jury's... Spoiler alert. I, Spoiler alert. I, I don't want to shock the audience, which is why I'm glad I'm here early. The Earth is round. Okay. Just to just... Okay, now... I haven't moment. seen that movie yet. <clears throat> well, it's a documentary on History Channel. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. So if you think of the world as a big static ball, we've always had lots of lightning smack in the world. Then people came along and people liked to light fire. I know I did growing up in Daytona. I kind of lit the beach on fire when I was seven. That's uh, I think I'm safe to say that now. Mm -hmm. And so you've had millions of years of lightning. You've had hundreds of thousands of years of people lighting fire. So essentially the plants and animals on this big ball have adapted over time to this process of fire. And it's a very restorative, revitalizing, recycling process where nutrients are broken down by fire, put into the ground, helping those same plants that the fire burned regrow. And then the animals depend on them. It's a very, very cool circle of fire. Well, and we live in Florida. Everything grows all the time. Yes. There's no downtime. No. Uh, and we do have droughts on occasion, so we're going to have the fires. So what you're doing in many cases is preventing them from being worse. Yeah, that's true. So it's a double whammy in addition to helping things grow and making sure that plants and animals thrive and maintain a healthy ecosystem. It also reduces the intensity of wildfires because things will burn. These plants, they grow their own matches. They will catch fire. And so we, we really do help both nature and people by lighting these controlled fires. What I think is interesting about it, so I learned a lot this week about the controlled fires, and I think that's one of your goals is to teach people about it. So yes. not to necessarily fear it. If you see smoke out there, it might be a controlled burn. Uh, and to, uh, to you know, get behind this sort of idea of it. And we'll talk about volunteer opportunities and other ways people can support uh, the Nature Conservancy and what you do. But a couple of things that I learned was uh, a lot of the animals, when they're taking refuge, uh, go into the gopher tortoise uh, holes. Yeah, you which did, I think is man, cool. you did study over the weekend. Wow. I did a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought, it, well, I thought it was really neat. So you start reading cool. this stuff, you start doing the research, and you know, hopefully, when I have a guest in, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, Where, you do this and this and this. Uh, but then I thought about, um, and I wanted to ask you about this. What about the invasive species? Do you sometimes do burns to try to get rid of some of them? Yeah, and here's the here's the funny thing about some of these invasive uh, uh, plants like Kogan grass. They actually came from a fire-dependent place, and they actually love fire. So some of these invasive plants actually love fire more than our native plants, and so we have to have a combination of herbicide and spray some of the plants and then burn them to really push them back. So, yeah, we've got to utilize fire to try to keep them at bay, even the ones that like fire. But, yeah, to get to your uh, thing about the gopher tortoise, it's really cool. This animal digs these burrows underground, and all these animals go and use those burrows when a fire passes by. And they could be animals that typically eat each other, but they, like, have this little truce while they're in the burrow. Hey, let's all be cool while the fire's going by. All right, cool, fire's passed. Let's all leave. So it's their version of a hurricane party. It's their version of a hurricane party. Now, I, now we do have these little gopher tortoise burrow cams that go in those burrows. We haven't seen drinks passed out or any kind of appetizers during the party. We don't know. That actually is a big mystery. <laughs> it sounds like it. Also, where does that Yeti go that we were talking about earlier? Well, the Yeti, what they do is they typically have a hotel room. And then they oh, just, okay. yeah, they actually leave. That makes sense. Yeah.
I've been mistaken for a Yeti once or twice. Well, I was going to say, thanks for uh, cutting your beard, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's shortened my beard as a present for my mom. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit about, so you're over with the Nature Conservancy now, but you did a bunch of other stuff, too. <clears throat> yes. So, land manager, environmental associate with Reedy Creek, so working for, I mean, that's not really Disney. Yeah, here's the thing. Reedy Creek Improvement District is the government of Disney. Right. Yeah. Okay, so, so you were working essentially for Disney, and now you're working with them again. Yeah, well, it's interesting. So where I work, the Disney Wilderness Preserve is actually owned and managed by the Nature Conservancy, but it was purchased 25 years ago as a mitigation project to offset wetland impacts on Disney World. So they were building and expanding, and so they needed to offset impacts to wetlands, and so they purchased a big 8,500-acre chunk of land that was going to be developed, hired the Nature Conservancy to restore the wetlands and restore fire. We did success, and now we've got 11,500 acres of a beautiful place in Poinciana that people can come and look, and it's fantastic. So it is named Disney Wilderness, but the Nature Conservancy owns and manages it. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so is it a place where people can go camping? Do they do tours? How do you? How does that work? No camping, but we have hiking trails. You could come. It's free, uh, nine to four thirty. Uh, we're open weekends during the winter, and yeah, we. It's just come on out and walk around. It's absolutely beautiful. We do tours for environmental groups, larger groups. Mm -hmm. Definitely let me know. Um, and it's a place where you can just relax. And really, a lot of we get about nine thousand visitors every year. Well, what's the one takeaway that you would want people who are either coming there or listening to the show today to have about what it is, the work that you do or things uh, along that? I mean, specifically about fire. We'll talk about how to support the Nature Conservancy and things like that, but uh, specifically about fire. Because, again, as, as an analogy, as a metaphor, whatever this is, I'm fascinated by this thinking that, you know, you burn everything down for it to grow. Yeah, I guess the takeaway with that is fire is a process. It is not something that is either bad or good. We put the labels on that. And certainly there's disaster. Certainly when fire, like the recent fires in Gatlinburg, I mean, horrible stuff when homes burn down. But the actual process of fire, when it's applied to an ecosystem, natural. And it shapes the diversity of plants and animals that we have here in Florida and worldwide. Australia, Spain, Mexico, Africa, Asia. There's places that still and have a fire regime. So the takeaway is it's a natural process, just like winter is. All right. Winter and fire. Winter and fire. I love that book by uh, George. R.R. Uh, R. Martin. R. R. Yeah. Winter and fire. Yeah, I that's the Tolkien, but yeah. <laughs> I can't, I'm confusing everybody today, all the sci-fi people. You know, it would be a good George R.R. R. Tolkien book. I would read that. That the I would. So. Game of Elves. Game of uh, Hobbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. We're going to hear uh, some, let's go with some lounge music, uh, but Christmas lounge music. This is going to be Alvin Stoller with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Mambo. Oh, do uh, I need to put on my Christmas slippers? Yes, absolutely, and get a pipe. Thank you. Oh, a pipe. Uh, but you're also going to mambo, so can you mambo in slippers? I can do that. Okay, perfect. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I'm here with Zach Prusak from the Nature Conservancy. Good morning again, Zach. Good morning, and uh, I am sweating up a storm. That mambo wore me out. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I couldn't watch you after the first couple of seconds. I, I was exhausted for you. Well, and there's other reasons, too. It's just yeah. not nice to watch me mambo. Right, right. There was a certain thing you were doing with your hips, which I didn't think would be... I'm glad we're on radio. Let me just put it that way. Well, and plus, I appreciate... I don't know if the world's ready for No, that. and I appreciate the amount of space you gave me to do that, so... Yes, nice job. 
Uh, speaking of space, uh, I gave you, uh, Zach, you're here from the Nature Conservancy. You do the controlled burns, uh, among other things, uh, for them. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. So we were talking about the advantages to it, what the animals do, how it helps potentially with invasive species. Uh, just in general, it's a, it's a reset. Uh, so I was thinking about 1998. So I wrote a story about this on my website because that was a bad year for wildfires. Yeah. That was yeah. a bad, bad year. It felt like over the summer we were just in a haze of smoke all the time. There was ash falling from the sky. I remember on a couple of occasions like snow. Yeah, so 98 was a bad year. We had gone through a very wet winter in 97, and that allowed for a lot of plant growth and then a bad drought in the spring of 98, and everything just sort of fit like a lock in or a key in a lock where the conditions were right to have massive wildfires. And again, the plants were there. You know, no one, they're not hiding. We knew they were going to burn, but the scale of the fire that year was pretty bad. They evacuated an entire county. But what good came of that was our state actually strengthened its fire statutes, which supported more controlled burning. So our governor, no matter what your politics are, no matter what your religion is, no matter what your race is, it doesn't matter. Fire doesn't care. So all of us came together, the conservancy, the federal partner state, and actually made our fire statutes better, which allowed for more controlled burning to take place. Because fire is all about collaborating to get the job done. So from that really bad year came a lot of progress from that. Well, I think it's interesting because you talk about collaboration. So there were probably times where you were working with agencies then that you hadn't worked with prior. Yes. Um, and vice versa. So all of a sudden you have a bunch of people talking that weren't talking before. Had they been talking, maybe some of that would, would have been prevented. But you know, challenges are in, in terms of that type of communication is usually it takes something like a big uh, issue to bring people together. Yeah, but, and we see this all the yeah. time with disasters tends to bring people together when in reality we're all here. We can work together proactively. We, d we have a hard time doing that. And that bad year brought a lot of people together. Right. So we get a lot of done. We, we get about two million, two and a half million acres burned annually throughout the entire state, which is great. Right. I think uh, there's some big number that the Nature Conservancy has hit recently too, right? In terms yeah. Of as a matter of, burned. Yeah. As a matter of fact, our own chapter, the Florida chapter of the Nature Conservancy, we started in 79 doing fire. We hit a million acres last year, just us working on our sites and with our partners. And that's what we really like to do. We want to help you get your fire done. And that's the main goal. Nice. So in terms of the teaching that you do, because part of this is the controlled burns, but I would imagine a lot of this, as we talked about earlier, is the actual going out there and finding these partners to work with, but also teaching people about fire and the importance of it. So is that where the improv classes came in handy? Yeah, improv. That is one of the loves of uh, my life besides, of course, my wife and family is collaborating. I'm not going to ask you to rank those, by the way. <laughs> I think since we're recording this. Uh, you can edit that out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, improv is all about in being in the moment and working with what you're given. And that is exactly what fire is. And so... In a way, what we really should do is have all of our fire crews take improv class because it is about accepting what is being, what is handed to you and being ready to give it back. And so improv for me is just a way to strengthen my skills to work with anyone and everyone in that moment. Mm -hmm. And fire, it's a profession. It's a process that everyone from the cattlemen to the folks in the feds use but it's a skill, and it is done by professionals, for the most part, as a team. 
And we work a lot with students. We, we work a lot with landowners to teach them how you get these fires done because it's more than just the ecology. It's putting your name on a authorization and a prescription and doing the fires correctly and safely. So let me ask you this because you uh, obviously there's a couple of different ways to support the, the uh, effort uh, and the Nature Conservancy and what you do specifically. So I could donate money. Uh, oh, wow. Well, that. thank you, Nick. I appreciate I could. that. Wow. I oh, could. oh, oh, could. But Man. there's also an opportunity to volunteer on the fires themselves, right? To get training and to actually go out there. So you don't have to be somebody who's already trained in it or somebody who's maybe served in a fire department or something along those right, lines. Right, right. The Nature Conservancy, even though we are a nonprofit, our fire crews are federally qualified. We abide by those standards. And so, yes, you can come out and help us with our fires, but you have to do a minimal amount of training. Some of this is online. Some of this you'll do in person with us. Mm -hmm. And part of my job is to try to groom the next generation of control burners. And so I really want to work with whoever wants to come out. Some of our best burners are not biologists or not any kind of scientists. One of our best burners, he started his career being, he wanted to be a nurse. Another one of our, our fantastic burners raises bees. It just doesn't matter what your background is. Do you want to do this collaborative, amazing process? And there is some safety training behind that, but we sure. can, but we help folks with that. And so what would you say are the personality traits that you're looking for? Calm and the ability to make very good decisions under a lot of pressure and think ahead. Fire is really playing chess with a lot of people thinking an hour ahead. And if you can do that and remain calm, then we want you on our fires. Okay, so you don't want me. That's good. I'm glad we established that. Right. And so none I, of those things. I was going to break it to you, but, you know, um, <laughs> since you've already brought it up, thank you for self-selecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. So uh, let's segue over to another story I was reading about, this uh, this fire that you had to do, this controlled burn you had to do in Titusville, because uh, it was it was in a very populated area. Yeah, A yeah. lot of different groups yes. came together. But there was also a plant that yes. you had to make sure that only, I read that it only exists in that area. So you had to be really careful of this. Yeah, Florida, since our geologic, um, there's a lot of stuff that's happened to create a lot of what is unique in Florida. It's this one plant, Dicerandra thinicola, this really rare mint, only exists in these uh, few scrub ridges in Florida, these higher places. When the sea level was higher, they were the ones, uh, these ridges were above the ocean. It exists and it loves fire. And it was in this very tiny place that Brevard County managed and it needed fire. So I had to go in and it took about a year and a half to two years of planning to burn 15 acres in downtown Titusville with all of these partners from the city, from homeowners, from the power company, uh, Mosquito Control. We had about 10 different partners to do a 15 acre fire. And I was hoping that the National Weather Service forecasters weren't drunk the night before and giving me a bad weather forecast because that was so important. And it worked. All these people came together. They had buy-in to do this urban fire. The neighbors were a little bit skeptical, but now they want more fire to happen in their backyard because they saw what happened. Yeah, because by now, because this was how, how long oh ago god, was it? a lot of years ago. Yeah, yeah. probably within a year, it looked gorgeous afterwards. Yeah, right? yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. People have really got to understand that uh, really black is beautiful, and then green follows that. So it's this great thing. It's green. It's black. It's green again. It's all this. Right. Yeah, it all comes right back. Yeah, I was thinking about that driving out to Daytona. You know, like going down LPGA Boulevard, yep. where all those fires happened, like for a couple of years there. Yep. You saw nothing but the dead uh, pine trees, the blackened pine trees, and all that. The not even anything growing on there. But now, 
It looks great. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. is a weird thing with our species, I think, that we don't like change. We don't like to see things different. I drove by those all the time, and now, you know, now they're black, now they're dead. Not really. A few trees die, no problem. There's more life on the ground right. growing from fire. So, right. yeah, we don't like things when they change. Right. Well, speaking of which, let's play a classic Christmas song. And classic. then we're going to come back. Yeah, it's the Nutcracker Suite. I, I cannot say that I've ever seen that. The Nutcracker. Oh, uh, well, hey, after the show, I'm going to take you. We'll go see it. Okay, good, good. You'll have somebody do a special edition of it. Because I, I will dance for you. Uh, okay. Uh, and after the song, we're going to do a pop quiz. And then after the show, uh, I think I've got to stay. So you what? might have to go. Yeah, oh. somebody called in and I have to. I didn't see that, really. I didn't stay. see that light up, really. Oh. Yeah, oh. okay. The Nutcracker Suite on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Zach, we're almost done with the first hour. This what? thing flies by. No. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So we'll go. We're going to go for a four-hour show today. We're Let's just do gonna it. We're going to set a record. Let's do it. You know what? Um, I, we will lock the doors and, you know, make the other DJs try to force their way in. I think we'll, we'll, we will have a coup right here. Right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Radio with, coup. With cobbler. Oh, my gosh. We need some cobbler. A cobbler coup. All right. Well, we don't have cobbler, but we do have a pop culture and current event quiz. Whoa. Yeah. Right. You didn't think there was going to be a test today. Well, I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm 120 years old, so I don't know how well I'll do here. Okay. On the pop culture cart part? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, you'll know this because you did mention you were a big Scrooge McDuck fan. Yes. Back in the day. Yes. The classic TV cartoon DuckTales is coming back to Disney this summer. Oh my gosh. It originally ran in the late 80s and featured the adventurous Scrooge McDuck, Huey, Louie, and Dewey occasionally. Yeah, they pirated a Donald. lot of the old classic stories, which actually so did Lucas and Spielberg, by yeah, the way. And of they, course. Yes. Uh, so you get some Donald in there, you got a couple other characters. Yeah, Donald course. is my favorite. The casting for the new show is complete. Which Doctor Who alum is actually been tapped to voice Scrooge? Which Was Doctor it Who? A, David Tennant, B, Matt Smith, or C, Christopher Eccleston? Wow. I would say that's a great question. Mm, let's go with uh, Eggleston. It's actually David Tennant. Tennant? Will no be way. Scrooge. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. Way. He's going to be Scrooge. The rest of the cast looks really fun. So this the song is very classic in terms of the intros for cartoons. Like mm -hmm. it's one of those, you know, where they were really trying at the time. Yeah, actually and, write something, a really good theme. Yeah, and so they've got the cast singing it is a video that came out last week and people are over the moon excited about it. That's this. fantastic. Yeah. May, I, I, all right, I've got to, uh, after the show, I've got to go check that you out. You got to check that out. Wow. All right, surprising no one. Let's go. So you're 0 for 1. I'm 0 for 1. Zach, come on. 120 <sighs> years old. You got to get this. You know, I shouldn't have brought that wiffle ball bat. <laughs> surprising no one. Rogue One destroyed the box office this weekend. Surprising no one. Did you see it? Yeah, and the whole thing, the whole Jar Jar Binks reveal, very, very, oh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, oh. spoilers. Uh, so basically because it did so well, it's a lock that they'll do all these other movies, these yes. other, you know, uh, beyond uh, what they've already planned, right? Oh. Beyond the episodes. So which character is currently not being considered for a movie? Is it a young Han Solo, B young Zach Porkins or C young <laughs> Boba Fett? <laughs> I love the fact that you just say young Zach Porkins because I think that was a TV show on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Uh, well, I know they're going to do, of course, the Han Solo prequel. And I know, I believe I know they're going to do the Boba Fett. So I'd say the Zach Porkins, no, that's not been great. Uh, I wish they would do that. I know. 
young Zach Porkins. I mean, how cool would that be? And then they do Star Wars babies at some point where everybody's just a baby and they're all in the same. Star thing. Wars babies. I love that oh, idea. I, oh my God. A little tiny Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you got to do that. This was a great story. Um, Tampa Bay Times, which does a lot of digital storytelling, really neat stuff. Uh, they were in the news uh, last week for the way they tell the news. And so they were working on a story about the bridge expansion, the Howard Franklin Bridge over there. And they found themselves struggling to illustrate how to show what the actual plan was because the DOT's version and the wording was so confusing. It was like a 2,000-page document. Classic DOT. Yeah. So they had an intern, and they said, uh, okay, what, how should we do it? So the intern came up with an idea, and it's, it's amazing. So was it telling the story of this bridge expansion through A, emojis, <laughs> B, Legos, or C, 140 characters? I would say, and I would love to see this, Legos. It was Legos. Yes, I yeah, would love to amazing. see that. Uh, the intern's name was Eli Zhang. It's a great and super depressing story. It was basically that the DOT came out with this plan to expand the bridge. Nobody understood it, including the politicians. They thought they were getting a bigger bridge. They were actually just getting a toll lane on the bridge. <laughs> and that's it. And so basically the person in charge of the program uh, resigned. They're, they're going back to the drawing board on what they're going to do. But it was part of the Tampa Bay Times reporting hmm. uh, helped do that. Legos, you know, and I think Legos could be utilized to get the message across in any kind of really dense government document. I think everything should be told in Lego form. I, I'm 100% with you. If everything. we could do, I think it was Sarah Pirani from Locomotive Tours that said on Twitter that we should be, who's illustrating the I-4 expansion in Legos so we understand it? We It all should be in Legos. Now, if they did the I-4 expansion in Legos, you'd have to have like, you know, the crashed cars on one side and then the screaming little minifigs on one side. So it could be done. I, you went a little more violent than I was expecting, but good. Uh, Okay. okay, well, you know, it's the whole Michael Bay thing, so. One million dollars. Thank you. Okay. Oh, no, that's we, not the Nature you. Conservancy thanks you. Here, have yes. a hat. Oh, yes. Okay. That's how much it turns out. Visit Florida, which is the state group trying to promote Florida as a place to go, uh, paid Pitbull to record a song uh, and do a bunch of social media and promoting the state's beaches. Uh, turns out that wasn't a popular decision. What? Weird. Uh, and so it cost Visit Florida, their CEO, their COO, and their chief marketing officer. All of them are out. They've resigned. Now, the bad news, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know who they were going to contract next to promote the state. Uh, I have some ideas. Okay. And I wanted to get your opinion on the yes. best one. Okay, now, hit me. Okay. We're going to have a significantly smaller budget, so keep that in mind. Like about $10, yeah. Yeah, possibly yeah. 10 <clears throat> So how about Lin-Manuel Miranda? Oh, big, he's hot. Yeah. What, no, we can't possibly afford him, but maybe if he just does one line, like one rhyme, one rhyme. One rhyme. About Florida. Okay. That's all we can pay him okay. for. Okay, okay. Okay, that's today. All right, all right. Ted Nugent, Ooh, musician. Okay. Uh, right. well, he could do a song about boat hunting manatees. He could. Oh, yeah. 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 You have to that's rhyme that now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Manatees rhymes with a lot of stuff. Uh, Alan Thicke. Now, I know it's too soon. Yes. Uh, he just passed away. Yes. But a weekend at Bernie's type of thing to promote weekends in Florida. I think Alan Thicke, just because he passed away, uh, I think he could probably be your most, um, your, uh, most cost effective choice. 
because yeah. certainly, I mean, he's not going to ask. He's not going to renegotiate much. I don't think so. No, 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 no. Let's, uh, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit more in Bad Business Ideas because I have some further thoughts about what Visit Florida should be doing. Fantastic. Okay, and we're going to take a break right now. We're going to hear some commercials, and then we're coming back with uh, a young Wayne Newton. So you may not recognize his voice. You mean he's going to be right here? Yes, a young Wayne Newton. We're going to do some time travel. Oh my God. He's going to sing uh, Jingle Bell Rock live in studio. Rollins has a time portal. Yep, yep, we do. We don't like to put that out there. Oh, so. sorry. Man, I am exposing all the secrets. Young Wayne Newton will be here in a moment on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. A very young Wayne Newton on a very old radio station, WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Jingle Bell Rock. Speaking of old, my name is Nick, and this is to a certain degree. Uh, my guest today, not so old, Zach Prusak. Zach, thanks again for being here. You're very welcome, Nick. It's a pleasure to finally be here in person, and uh, I am old, by the way. Zach, you've been a big fan of the show. You've called in with some good suggestions for bad business ideas, not only the names, but some other ideas as well. So if you have any you want to you shoot for, I've got a couple that I'm going to talk to you about, but okay. first... I want to talk to you about something else. We were talking about Visit Florida last hour. Yes. And so they had some controversy, this Pitbull thing, a million dollars to Pitbull. And so a lot of people got resigned from the agency. Let's say it that way. Got resigned. I they like that. They got resigned. The problem is celebrity endorsements just aren't effective anymore. So how do we do this? We have beaches. Sure. Tennessee has mountains. That's right. New York City has a number of different buildings. From what I understand. I hear they're quite large. Never been there. How are people supposed to decide? And so what if we treated the whole thing as an election? So basically what I'm doing, Zach, this isn't a bad, this is a bad business idea, but it's not one you have to select. Okay. What I'm putting out there is if Rick Scott really wants some change within Visit Florida, I should be the CEO. I would be behind that 100%. Because what I would do is treat the whole thing like an election. Like, that's really what it is. You're yeah. voting on which state to go for, to go to, to visit, to have a vacation. So let's get hacking and fake newsing, right? I love that. Because, Tomorrow. yeah, you're voting with your dollars where I'm going to go visit. Right. So it is an election. Do I decide to go to Georgia or Alaska or California? Where do my dollars go? I am, that is an you're election. You're voting with your dollars. I am voting with my dollars. And we don't want you voting for a state that has bad stuff happening, which we're going to tell you about exactly. the bad stuff happening. Oh, there. excellent. Yeah. So let's do some quick role play. So I'm just going to, I, I want to practice this. I want to see if this works. So I'm going to be Rick Scott. Uh, well, you, you need to be taller and with less hair. Okay. I will work on that. Okay. And you will be, uh, let's say you're, you're not me yet. You're another person. Uh, let's say your name is uh, Bill Niederan. Bill Niederan. Bill is going to be, uh, you know, working or applying for a job at Visit Florida. So you're going to be working with Rick Scott here. You're going to be interviewing with Rick Scott, basically. And so I'm going to be asking you something. So, Bill, thanks for coming in. As part of the hiring process, we've asked all the applicants to kind of put together a plan and what you would do for Visit Florida. So I've looked over your plan. Uh, it looks like you want to spend a bunch of money on Super Bowl spots, celebrity endorsements, and billboards. So, so more of the same. Yes, I do. And I would love to work for you, Mr. Scott. I think I have a good plan to spend your money to get people here to Florida. And so so we've done that before. Why is your plan different? My plan is different because I would highlight why the other states are so bad. I would say Florida is really your best place to go because really the other places are so awful. Okay. 
And scene. Okay, that's good. Thank you. So now you're going to be me uh, interviewing. Okay. Okay, so now you're going to be Nick. I'm going to continue to be Rick Scott. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Nick, let me take a look at your proposal here. You want to create a bank of fake news about the other states that make them seem less than pleasant to visit. Correct. I think that's um, in the current political world we're in. Fake news is news. Mm, very good. So we're in the post-truth era. Oh, way beyond Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, along with that, you want to hack emails of people who live in other states of and course. leak the negative ones so people don't want to go there. Of course. That's yeah, good. because everyone has little secrets in their emails about the states that they live in, usually about their neighbors. I want access to those emails. Okay, good, good. And there's also the conspiracy theories. You want to build a bank of conspiracy theories about the other states. So Who like, told you that? Ones that are... Ones that maybe are already true or thought to be true, like alligators in the sewers of New York. Well, and the whole thing about Louisiana and Georgia behind the chemtrails, I mean, you know, it's true because I just said it. Yeah. Okay. So Florida, and this is your tagline, the only safe place left. Florida, the only safe place left. Yeah. I love it. You're hired. Oh my gosh, really? Do and I, how much, uh, how much do I get? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. And see. Okay. So see, I, I think... Rick Scott should just hire me. Oh, right it's, it's very, yeah, because you know, the whole Skeletor thing, he's a good guy. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> he's my boss. <laughs> I think you better ask for like a, like a company car or something. All right, Zach, may I call you Zach? Uh, you may call me Zach, and right. you can call me actually. Okay, so let's talk about bad business ideas. Okay. So you've got two to choose from. Okay. You are going to, as you know, from being on the show, you are obligated, legally obligated, to take whichever one you choose and run with it. I brought my credit card. This is going to be your new job. Okay. From now on. I will inform my wife and kids. That's great, because you're not going to see them for a while. Oh. You're going to be busy with this. Okay. Uh, you've done improv classes, right? Yes, sir. What did you think of them? I love them. I would, in all honesty, I would recommend this to anyone listening to your show. Go to SAC Theater. They have a free improv class you can take. And then the actual classes, the one through four take them they yep. it's one of the best things i've done so Good. yes but what are they missing what are they missing hmm i'd say they're missing an a huh. right motion capture training oh so do you know who andy circus oh, is? oh yeah Gollum yeah. and Gollum's of course king kong and the caesar. planet of the apes yeah, oh, and yeah, yeah caesar yeah, yeah. and the new yeah 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 uh, so even if you don't know about motion capture, you don't see it necessarily in the movie, it's being used. Oh, yeah. You need it for video games. I'm not one for hyperbole, but it's literally the biggest and most important thing in the global entertainment industry in the universe. Oh, and it's going to take over. I mean, it's how they do video games. It's how right. in, in the Rogue One, I mean, yes, it's, it's yeah. everywhere. It's everywhere. You see where I'm going. There's an obvious need, and we would fill it. So notion capture will be a state-of-the-art learning facility to help people get certified in motion caption, motion capture acting. Notion. Mocha acting, or mocap. Mocap. Ah. Mo it's actually mocap, I know, but I like mocha acting oh, because I think that makes it sound delicious. <laughs> I think all acronyms should sound delicious. They should, actually. Yeah. So classes would include how to wear the suits because they're basically spandex with, suits with dots all with over the, them. Uh, yeah, ping pong balls on them without feeling ridiculous. Oh. Uh, so a lot of times you're playing animals. Yes. So we're going to have to teach them how to, you know, act like animals. Right. So what's the what's the fastest way to learn how to act like an animal? You like go to the zoo. You go to the zoo or we teach them animal mating practices. Because ah. I feel like, how do you get to know an animal if you don't know their mating practices? That's true. That's their, you know, and if you know animals' mating practices, then you really get to know them. Yeah. I mean, I would even venture intimately. 
yes. Okay. And voices, because you might have to do a voice. Uh, we know for motion capture for, uh, it wasn't the Lord of the Rings, it was the Hobbit stuff where uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was the dragon. Smaug, yep, 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 yep. So yep. he had to do that. He yep. had to do a voice. And you could build out the rest of the curriculum. I trust that you're going to figure out all the state-of-the-art stuff that we need, the curriculum, all of that. But it's a real need, and as not far to, as I can tell. And not to, you know, uh, you know, suck up to the host. That's genius. No. No, that's sucking up. But okay, I appreciate okay. that. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Okay. But do you have any questions on that before we go uh, so to the, the second So the name, one? Notion Capture. Notion Capture. Notion Capture. But yet, Mocha. You have to fit Mocha in there, too. I, I think we could do that okay. as yeah okay. your your uh, your mocha alternative mocha noka mocha no yeah okay yeah let's play around with yes that during the break I like that not so much on the air yeah that would be great <laughs> well you are the professional all right Zach we have another we have another there's another idea. one yeah 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 that you have to choose between uh, notion capture and this next one are I only you ready? have I only have so much money well that's why you have to choose one <sighs> uh, have you ever been in a meeting. Zach, especially running a meeting and it's not going the way you want. Yes. Maybe the energy in your room is waning a bit. It's after lunch. Not everybody's had their coffee. Maybe they aren't paying attention because your idea is frankly bad or hard to understand. Usually. Maybe you don't even really have an idea. You just want to get them to sort of figure it out and you're just trying to get up there and pretend that you have an idea until one of them comes up with a better idea and then you can claim it as your own. Yes. I've done that several, <laughs> several times. Not here, not in my current job. That's always oh, been in the past. Of course, yeah, not here. Uh, what do you do to bring everybody back? What do you? Br how do you get them back engaged and interested and thinking of thoughts? Well, two things. Usually it's either bribery or threats. I like the threats. Okay. 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 I got an answer. It's called your big break or big break. Okay. What we're going to do is provide people repurpose really breakaway chairs and bottles that they use in movies like if you ever tried to break a bottle it's really hard it's very difficult and yeah. it should not be done by anyone listening right now correct yes but the sugar glass that they use yes. and the balsa wood yes not really very dangerous but no. they won't know that right so you're in a meeting you need to jazz things up a bit get people involved smash now you're standing there with what seems like a broken like bottle this. as a deadly weapon Ready to cut the next person that checks their phone. Exactly. That's annoying. It is. During a meeting. It is. Uh, but you wouldn't do that. Everybody just laughs it off. You keep going. But now there's energy in the room, right? right. There's oh, some yeah. adrenaline. Oh, yeah, because they they feel like you're about to uh, kill them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they know you're not, probably. Maybe. Or you take one of these chairs and you break it over somebody's head. And it's a breakaway chair, so maybe it hurts a little bit. Uh, but not too much. Bleeding. Uh, you told them, maybe you told them, maybe you prepped like, hey, Zach, if the room goes south in the room, I'm just going to break a chair over your head. So you like, you have like, just like meetings have someone have, you know, to, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't even believe you. So it's even more effective when you do it. Effective communication happens. And that's what you want in a meeting. I want to bring the people's attention back to me. You know, yep. right off of their phones, thinking about, you know, their fancy football pool, whatever. I want them to be paying attention to me. Okay, here's the plus side for you, but the downside probably for our business. Okay. Uh, the plus side for you is you only have to do this once. True, right? like true. Like every meeting after that, they're going to pay attention. They'll say, man, that crazy Zach, you know what he did in that last meeting? He broke yeah. a chair over Bob's head. Yeah. He's a wild card, man. He's, we got to pay attention. I don't know what he's going to do. Right. So the downside for us is you're not going to order from us again, probably. Um. So yeah. we got to figure out some stuff there in terms of... 
what we're going to do. But yeah, they're going to pay attention because they could be killed next time. Not really killed, but right. you know, pretend killed. No, but I think they would order because here's the thing. Uh, most meetings definitely don't go well. So I think there is room for repeat business. Zach, I have your repeat business right here. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. One thing we haven't addressed is virtual meetings. What happens when we're on a conference call? Oh, my God. I and can't threaten anybody. No, and that's actually a lot of companies, ours included. they all about the right. virtual meetings. Yes. Big Break yes. provides surrogate agents in different cities that will show up to the offices of all the attendees and look slightly menacing. <laughs> what do we call them? Threateners. Threateners. Imagineers meets high-level threats. Threateners. Oh, meetings my Meetings solved. Productivity up. Lawsuits possible. Yes. But meeting solved. Productivity up. And I'd even say you'd have interns on your threateners, and you can call them a cross between thugs and interns, in thugs. It's interns. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That actually, so imagine you're, you're, you're you know, virtual meeting, people are checking their email because you know they are. And oh, then, you can hear the typing oh, in the yeah. background. It's like, come on, at least mute your mic. Give me some sort of, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the right in the screen comes one of your threateners. Yep. And, you know. Yeah, looming in menace. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is so I just beautiful. loomed in for the people at home. And he did. And it was I was kind of scared. Yeah. That is awesome. And then that way, you know, Sarah or Bob. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was paying attention. Great idea there, Zach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zach, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. So, Zach, you have a choice. You have these two delicious meals in front of you. Man. You can only have one. It's a buffet. Okay. All right. It really is. Yeah. Okay. It's an so, idea buffet. It is an idea buffet. You can't have it all, though. Oh. So that's why a buffet doesn't work. Is I'll get too full. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's one meal or the other. You've got motion <clears throat> capture. You do this mocap training. Or you can basically threaten people. Well, I'd go with the second one because um, the motion capture training, no capture with the improv, improv capture, I think is great. But I think that's being done to some degree in a lot of these institutions, full sale, I'm sure. They're probably listening right now. But the threatening with the breakaway bottles, chairs, that's a winner. Because threateners. Threateners. It would, it would be great. All right. I am, well, gonna, I am on board. You're going to run with that. We're going to talk some of the details right here as we play a song. Let's play some Billie Holiday. I've got my love to keep me warm. So I think that's appropriate because now we have... A bad business idea that you love. And you know what? It has warmed my heart. <laughs> it's so great on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Uh, Billie Holiday, such an iconic artist, an iconic voice, really. So somebody I like to play as often as possible. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. We are down to the last half hour of the show. Every week I have a special guest, or most weeks I have a special guest. This guest this week is Zach Prusak. Zach, good morning. Good morning, Nick. Thank you again for having me here. This has yeah. been a delight um, and everything I expect it to be and more. Oh, good. Well, yeah. it's not over yet. Well, there should be some really clever follow-up <laughs> to that, but I can't think of anything. So thanks for coming out. We're going to talk You're a welcome. little bit more about your organization. But first, I wanted to I talk to every guest about uh, music. So you've got a range of music. So I ask everybody what their favorite band is or what they want to hear. Um, and today seemed like appropriate for a Christmas show. So we're doing that. But you had a pretty good variety of uh, music that you're currently listening to. Uh, so something new like uh, Modest Mouse and War Paint and older stuff like uh, Massive Attack. If you really, you know, oh yeah, not that old, but old. Yeah, it, now it's old. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. So how do you listen to music, or where do you listen to music? 
Yeah, so for me, music has always, it's, um, even though the first records I bought were comedy, George Carlin and uh, Flip Wilson and stuff, music is with me when I'm driving. I'll put on certain driving music, which might be, you know, classic Steely Dan or maybe even Beck. I guess, could you call Beck classic? I guess you could. Uh, some of his stuff, yeah. If I'm writing, if I'm like in a writing mood, I'll put on like soundtracks, like the Blade Runner soundtrack. And there's a lot of bootlegs of that soundtrack. And so there's amazing just sort of um, evocative music that just sort of allows me to write. And then if I want to get really excited, like today, uh, coming over, I put in some more paint because it really gets me going and gets mm -hmm. me. So to me, music really helps me set a mood for what I want to do. If I'm on an airplane, I'll put on uh, Bonobo and try to zone out. It's more of a lounge stuff. So I'm, and it's all on my phone. That's how I listen to it primarily. I used to have vinyl and a record player, don't anymore. But for me, it's all right there, which appeals to the hoarding part of me. I can have all this music right here. So, or the opposite of the hoarding part of you, because now you don't have the physical stuff anymore. Right, right, right. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which is a good thing in many ways. But, you know, what if all of a sudden all that vanishes, you know, yeah. some sort of pulse in my phone is fried. There's probably bigger issues than where your music is at that point. What? Yeah, oh, there's probably some other stuff going on that could be pretty bad at that I point. Guess. I think that's going to be low on the list. But uh, just going back to writing specifically, I'm always fascinated by this because I have to listen to music that I've already heard a million times yes. when I'm writing or yes. when I'm trying to concentrate on something. Likewise, to me, it's like a reset key. It puts me back into this mood that, I, and maybe it's the circle. I've been successful writing, listening to this. So if I listen to it, I'll be successful again. Oh, nice. I haven't thought of it that way. It was more of a, I need like that part of my lizard brain taken care of while I do this other thing. Yep. And if it's, if it's got lyrics um, that I'm not familiar with or it's newer music, I'll get distracted. I'll take, I'll, it will take me out of that area, but I never thought of it as, uh, you know, the, the, I'm returning to a specific point in time where I liked what I was doing or, you know, something about it was productive. Yeah. I think music does that for a lot of us. If I listen to an Elton John song or a queen song, I'll flash back right away to high school in the late seventies, eighties or something in the eighties. If I, you know, hear sure. it, it's so to me, it really does sort of reset you in a way, but I love exploring new music. One of the reasons I listen to PRK is you guys do a good job with that, putting new music on that right. I can sort of filter. Still not accustomed to Spotify. I just, and maybe it's because I'm old, but I still need to be able to control some of that. And I like, I'm very much a big proponent of human curated soundtracks. So I think that the thing about Spotify for me is that great, you're listening to a bunch of new music, but what does it have to do with each other? It's just sort of correct algorithmic and... As we saw from Facebook during the election, the algorithm doesn't always help. No. So. And, 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 you know, and there's a the thing about, too, bookstores. You go into a bookstore, an old bookstore, you're looking. There's some sort of, there's something, again, evocative of looking through things that you may not have ordinarily seen. And I think music's the same way. Yeah. You could have books given to you. You could have music given to you by Amazon or whoever is choosing that for you based on some algorithm. I don't know who's choosing that. Somebody is. Right. But I still want to have that freedom to go, oh, look at that. There's, you know, Modest Mouse. Oh, there's, you know, Mozart. I can stumble across that. And I think that is more creative in general than having it done for you. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about, I, I really um, uh, honed in on talking about uh, the old stand-up comedian albums. Yeah. So you cut your teeth on Carlin. I did. And it stuff was, like that. I oh, still yeah. love that stuff. Like, I remember, I still quote 
uh, from a Father Guido Sarducci tape <laughs> that I used to have, and Emo Phillips, and all of that. Emo stuff. Phillips, oh my God! That, yeah. Oh, he. Oh, there's. Yeah, comedy. Because when I grew up, I was an only child, and so, and I had a bad stutter. Actually, I really was very awkward, and I couldn't talk in front of people, and it just scared me to no end to stand up in class and talk. So what got me through that was putting on George Carlin records and trying to do his stand-up. And so oh, okay. that got me over that for some reason. I still don't understand it, really. But that is a huge part of my childhood and what got me through. Plus, comedy is just great. We need to laugh more. And the proliferation of all these stand-up clubs, and I think it speaks to us as a species. We really want that and crave laughter. When I think it's, it's, there's something about, so you have to have a certain personality to listen to it uh, and still appreciate it. Because yep. I could listen to those albums over and over again. You almost always get something different out of it. Yeah. And that kind of led into Monty Python and they're yep. like, I, I love the TV show and the movies, but the albums are fantastic. Yes. Um, and Firesign Theater and some of that other stuff that's out there. Firesign Theater was such a revelation to me because it was a very dry, subtle humor that wasn't, you know, Python was incredibly broad and cultural. And then Firesign Theater, a friend of mine in high school said, listen to it, listen to it. And I said, oh, I'm ready for some jokes. And it was very storytelling. Yeah. Nick Danger, Third Eye, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, my God. And it, it gave me this huge appreciation for that kind of comedy. So I think what's interesting, though, is when you're going to see comedy live, whether it's Sack Comedy Lab or somebody at the improv, that feeling of being in a crowd and all appreciating the same thing at the same time. Yes. Like, there's something that opens you up to that, that I love that experience. It's like live music, yeah. right? Like you're going oh, and yeah. experiencing it w with a bunch of other people. Um, the same thing for live comedy. Uh, and it's, you know, exhausting and, and all of those things. And I really appreciate people can do it. Have you tried to do stand-up? I did it one time in Daytona when I went to, uh, way back when, Daytona Beach Community College, mm -hmm. um, before my UCF days. I did stand-up one time in a club and it was agonizing. It was difficult. I love improv better because I think I can play off of what's given to me, but to write and craft jokes and then to go over them and make them funny and you see the playlist, it was hard. I recall yeah. that. Exhilarating, but hard. I think it didn't dawn on me. I was reading something that Bob Newhart wrote uh, about doing stand-up, and he said, you know, during a bit, I'll have three or four outs. So what he would do is say, okay, so if it's not landing or it doesn't seem to be working with the audience... I can end it here. Nice. I can keep going if it's working. And then it stops working and end it here. I'm like, that is a lot of work. That's a man. lot of work. Well, and I think that's why, you know, see Robin Williams, when he was, uh, you know, so many interviews he had done, um, the actor's studio bit, when he did that two hours bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, when the host asked him, you know, how do you do that? He just went and did it. But but drawing in the audience and making them a part of his thing has to be incredibly exhausting. Yeah. I think where a lot of comedians are actually introverted that are really hooked on the high of working with the audience. Right. It's a huge, and I've felt that a couple of times on stage. It's very cool. But yeah, it's so much work involved in that. Yeah, it seems like you're going to be pretty tired yep. afterwards. Yep. So yeah, I'll just stay behind the scenes and on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the man pulling the strings. Oh, that explains the board with all the buttons on that. Yep. yep hey, can I, can I uh, touch this button nope, over here? Oh, cannot, oh, how about this one here? Cannot. Nope. So tell me a little bit, I looked this up because you listed um, uh, this gentleman as one of the musicians, Jonathan Colton. Yes. Uh, seems to be more on the nerd comedy side. Yes. So yes. who is he and what is he all about? 
John the Colton has done a lot of songs um, that are all nerd-driven. For the most part, he did a great uh, uh, zombie song called R.E. Your Brains. Basically, he's it's a business meeting where they're all zombies, and, you know, I'm going to eat your brains, and mixing in a lot of zombie references with meeting references, which is hilarious. So how could she tell the difference? <laughs> <laughs> so you've been to our meetings, have you? Uh-huh. Yes, uh, which, which makes that so much money. Um, he's, uh, been a part of, um, I don't know if you've heard of Rift Tracks, but he's, oh, yeah. um, yeah, he's, he was on one of their live shows when they were doing a zombie movie, um, and connecting really good music with the nerd culture, which a lot of nerds appreciate and a lot of musicians appreciate. Um, he's on a quiz show on NPR. Um, so he's, 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 he's everywhere. And I think he's making sort of the nerd culture more accessible through music. That's great. So I'll do a quick plug for uh, for next month the show. I think it's on the 16th. I'll have Mark with a C on. So I don't know if you ever heard him, local artist who does a yep. lot of uh, uh, nerdy stuff. Like Very that. cool. Yeah. So Very I'm looking cool. forward to that show as well. Uh, so let's talk about one last thing because I think it segues into what we're going to talk about next. But um, one of the things I asked uh, our, my guests, my patients, I almost said, uh-oh, I'm, yeah, on the, I'm on the, I'm on the couch. On the couch. That you're explains couch. this chair yeah, going yeah. back. And the bill you're going to get for this therapy Man. session. Uh, so one of the things I ask is, uh, there's this story about President Obama. Um, and now that he's retiring, so he would joke with uh, uh, his chief of staff at the time about what they were going to do afterwards. And so the thing he would say is, I don't want to make any decisions. Oh, yeah, I, I can see be, that done with this. Yeah. I want to, I want to open a t-shirt stand in Hawaii Yeah, and we're going to sell one size and one color. <laughs> I could see and him going to a restaurant saying, I am not going to place, tell me what I'm going to eat. Just I, yeah. none, no I, decisions. Zero yes. decisions after that. Yes. So I always ask about retirement, like, what do you plan to do? And you had a really good answer, uh, but Ohio State University is the Billy, Billy Ireland Cartoon Library Museum, which is the biggest housing of cartoons and cartoon related stuff. Billy Ireland was a famous cartoonist up in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, he did that for a number of years uh, back, starting in the early, early 1900s. Yeah. And so uh, that's what you want to do. I, if I had, if I, that would be a retirement. And I, you know, don't even pay me. I would just simply volunteer and work there and yeah. help them curate because this would combine my love of comics and cartoon art. I mean, they have, uh, Watterson gave all his Calvin and Hobbes stuff to that museum. Yeah. And they have all of these, you know, Little Nemo and Slumberland. I mean, amazing, actual, giant sheet, original cartoon art. And they have things that a hundred interns and volunteers, you know, just simply possibly couldn't curate. That, to me, sounds like a dream job because it combines my history and love of comics and cartooning with hoarding and sorting. And it was just being an amazing <laughs> thing. Um, I, I, I would love to do that because, it, you know, you're helping and you're indulging at the same time. Right. Well, I like that, too, because it, it made me go and look at, because I, I didn't realize that was up there. It's impressive. Man. And I go to Columbus all the time. I've got family up you there. you got to so go. Like, mm, oh, you got to go. i go there. Yeah, I mean, and they have exhibits, and they have a lot of themed exhibits, too, where they really want the public to see this cartoon art, comic art, where comics is, even that word tends to be sort of, oh, you know, lowbrow, uh, right. just, just comics. No, it's really not. It's more to it than that. Well, and it used to be, you know, political statements, it used to be satire, it still is to an extent, but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, some of the best storytelling that I read as a kid was all through comics. Yep. I mean, you mentioned Watchmen earlier and yep. stuff like that, so, yeah. All right, well, let's take another break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about college, 
uh, your college, my college specifically, and actually my college, UCF. Yes, uh, didn't do so well over the weekend in terms of their bowl game. Oh but yeah, hey. it's fine. It's first year of a new head coach. We're gonna do better. That's right. I'm sure. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. We're gonna listen to some Al Keola. I think is how you pronounce it. We're almost done here, folks. Almost done. No, no. Yes, no. Zach Prusak is my special guest today. Zach, it's been a pleasure and an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Pleasure, honor, and a pleasure? Yeah. That's a lot to live it's up to. two different kinds of pleasure. Uh, ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. That's another show. So, Zach. Yes, sir. Let's talk a little bit. One of the things I also like to talk to my guests about is their college experience. So, you went to UCF just like I did for undergrad? I went to UCF for undergrad and grad. And grad, yeah. Yes. So, biology for both. Biology for both. And so now you set things on fire. Now I set things on fire. Which I think biology gives you an interesting perspective, I'm sure, on that, because I would imagine a lot of people get into nature conservation and things of that nature. <laughs> no hey, intended. I'm going to actually uh, use that now for a new tagline, yeah, yeah, so yeah. thank you. Things of that nature. Things of the that nature. nature. Conservancy. Stranger things of that nature. Oh, oh. yeah, that would be cool. Hmm. Uh, but I, I would imagine that is an, that is a background. Is it one you saw yourself doing or did you just kind of fall into this? You fell in love with fire basically. Yeah. And that's an interesting question. When I talk, we get students come out to the Disney wilderness preserve from Rollins, Valencia, UCF, lots of different places. And they're like me young and pursuing a certain degree. I wanted to study ants. I thought I'd have a career in entomology because ants inspired me as a kid. My mom told me I would bring bugs home in jars, snakes, frogs, a typical naturalist upbringing. But when I left college, my first job uh, at Wakawa Spring State Park, my boss said, do you want to go out and light things on fire? Sure. And so I think, so what I tell the students that I talk to now is be willing to explore any kind of avenue that comes your way, that your life and career are not straight lines. And there's value and diversity in accepting new opportunities. And I think college, the, I loved going to college because it allowed you to explore that. But I think sometimes you're in college, whether it's parents, whether it's advisors, they may try to keep you on a certain track, mm -hmm. a deadline. You got to graduate. You got to go, go, go. And I think that we should really encourage folks to explore more avenues within or outside of what you wanted to do. Because I didn't, there's no way I thought I'd see myself where I am now back then. I thought I would have this nice, cozy lab job studying ants. I, I would like to see that job description. I'll be honest they with you. They actually exist. But okay. the number of people that have them, you can count on one hand. And the number of people that want them on two hands. And that's the problem. Yeah, I was going to say, so one of the things uh, that happened to me at UCF, and I was thinking I was going to be a journalism major, and this was prior to, you know, the uprise of the internet. Like, who could have thought that there would be all these sites and all these uh, places, these avenues you could go as far as writing and journalism and right. news and things of that nature. So back in 95, 96, when I had one of my journalism professors tell me that, you know, you could fill all of the job openings at newspapers with the graduating class from Northwestern. And why wouldn't they want the graduating class sure. from Northwestern? Because that's a, that's a hardcore journalism school up sure. there. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should do something else. <laughs> now, luckily for me, uh, I had not gotten that advice before going to WUCF and volunteering in the newsroom there because I thought that, oh, that would help. Let me get an idea of what, you know, radio and broadcast is like. And I was bit by the bug and I absolutely went and did that. Nice. Uh, and then I graduated with a radio, television, broadcast degree, which is now completely useless since radio and television 
have are going to cease to exist in a couple more years. I think that's correct. The TV that we grew up on does not exist anymore. No, no. no. Hey, uh, Monday night mash is on. No, it's different now. No, I don't even have cable. Like yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't find, and I don't miss it at all. Um, so getting back to college, getting back to learning, I think learning is important to you, as you mentioned. So you've done improv classes. You're going to, you want to explore things as far as voice acting goes. You're actually going to take some acting classes. So what is it that drives you to do these things, to continue learning after the fact? Like most people would be, oh, I got a career. Right. I'm going to do this now. I think it's the idea that I can do all of these things if I just try. I mean, there are certain things, hey, open heart surgery, I might have to study a little bit for that, I, I think. Uh, but what drives me There's is... There's probably some YouTube videos you can watch. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, man. I'm going to yeah. add that to my list then, open heart <laughs> yeah. surgery. Put that on your YouTube I uh, think a, I think a lot of it is just this idea. It's what drives me really is collaboration. And all of these things that I want to pursue involve collaboration with other folks to achieve this larger creative goal. Improv, you're making something from nothing with the help of people. Fire, I'm burning things. I'm helping the environment with the help of people. And so all of these endeavors is really fueling my desire to be more collaborative in life. And, you know, who knows, maybe it's some of it is the cliche of getting older and you realize, you know what, I can still do this stuff. Let's, let's go out and do it. Nice. Well, that's good because I think that, you know, one of your points was that you get kind of in this, in this very specific track, you think you have to do this. What we're seeing right now on the college side, I'm in admissions, so what we're seeing right now is a lot of people going for degrees that they think will help them get jobs. And right. based on the recession that we just had, they think very linearly in terms of business. Right. And I'm fine with it. You can do whatever you want because I think that ultimately, I did radio, television, you did biology. I guess you could say this stuff that we're doing now is you know, sort of related to those fields and it helps. Sure. It gives us a lens through which to see the world that is different than maybe people who studied this specific thing. I think that what helps is if you have a talent for something, if you're yeah. good at something and you know you can make a living doing it, then yeah, you should probably help hone those skills, but and by no means should that dissuade you from exploring an interest, and that's the balance. I tell that to my kids as well. There's some things you may be good at and you gotta eat, but on the other hand, you've gotta explore what drives you. And I think you can do both of those. Well, let me let me put it this way too, because I think improv is out there as one of those things that makes you uncomfortable. Yes. So do things that specifically yes. make you uncomfortable when there's no risk, no right? Risk. Like you can do an improv, you can do one of the free classes, you can even pay for one of the classes. But if you don't like it or you feel like you're not good at it, it doesn't matter. We fear failure and improv teaches you not to fear that. Right. The, and, and it teaches you to, you know, take what's given to you and run with it. And you don't know what will happen. You don't. You know, I think we should also look at professional wrestling as a potential class. No, I'm serious because the first thing they do teach you is how to fall. That's true. So that because true. that is the hardest thing to learn. You you spend your whole life trying not to fall. <laughs> like you... you that's a really good point. Falling. That's a really yeah, yeah, good yeah. point. So you should be taught how to fall with breakaway chairs and improv and motion capture yeah. all combined. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Mainly how to, if we could just teach everybody how to fall, how to fail on, yes. on the improv stage, yeah. like do all the stuff, like we're going to stop building you up. We're just going to just yeah. beat the yeah. crap out of you well, and, and, and go and, from there. And in high schools now, I know it's true with, uh, with, uh, my sons, they, you know, high school now is actually trying to get the kids, Hey, what do you want to do? And you're, you know, you're 15, 16 years old. What do you want to do? I just want to graduate. I don't want to get out of high school, but they're trying to do that. Right. They're trying to make it this one track, you know, path. 
and there's lots of paths out there. Yeah, and I think that, uh, so I will say, though, there's there's kids who know exactly what they want to do, oh, and yeah. that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it took me seven and a half years and four schools to get my uh, degree, so, and I'm a better person for it. I'm that, right. that would normally be one thing that I would, you know, I would think I was telling myself because that's what I did, and so, right. yeah, oh, I'm a better person for right. it, right. but I am. I do oh, a no, lot more stuff, and I explored a lot more things and a lot more places. I wouldn't be living in Orlando now. I wouldn't be... Uh, doing the things that I'm doing, which I'm really satisfied by than if I did this. The world is smaller based on the ability to go and travel and see people and hear people. And so it you really should be encouraged to explore. And a good place to do that does start at college. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It is an incubator of opportunity. So let's talk about some of those experiences with the Nature Conservancy uh, a little bit. Uh, so obviously supporting the Nature Conservancy, nature.org, you can go there and look up some information about controlled burns in Florida. You can see a good interview with you. Uh, so I encourage you to go to the website. Uh, there are ways that people can donate time and money if they want to. Yep. Uh, but specifically with you, let's talk a little bit more about how they would volunteer to help your crew out or to work with your crew um, or even to learn more about, uh, you know, the what the work is that you're doing. Sure. And the Nature Conservancy website's the best place to start. We have everything collected right there. Uh, from there, you can go to our Cool Green Science blog. You can look at our Twitter, Facebook feed. All the traditional social media starts right there. And it really showcases a lot of the science and a lot of the successes that we have done on a global scale. But locally, certainly from that website, you can uh, burrow down to the Disney Wilderness Preserve. You can burrow down to me and my contact information. And then we are working with students from Valencia, their spring semester honors environmental science class. A lot of professors, or two or three from here from Rollins, a guy named Jason Hawk, um, Emily Nodine, working with their classes to get them out on our site to augment their existing classes. And so it all starts really by going to that website. You can contact me directly, and we can work with you. If you have an interest in participating on any of our uh, controlled burns, We, I can get you on that path to get the training you need to actually participate safely uh, on our fires. Um, and it's something that, you know, all the things I learned in college in a book is they're just simply there in a book. You've really got to go out on the sites. Yeah. I played in the woods in Daytona Beach. I want students to come out and play in our woods as a member of the Nature Conservancy. It really is up to me to try to reconnect people with nature. You won't care about nature and the environment unless you're in it and exposed to it and affected by it in a positive way. And this isn't uh, environmentalism, it is an environmental advocate. It really is learning how you fit into the environment. And another thing I would recommend for people in any field they want to study, take an environmental science class. Even if it's not required, take it, because that will teach you exactly how we fit into this world. Because we are, we are dependent upon a healthy and functioning ecosystem to support us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's regardless of religion, regardless of political sort of uh, leanings, any of that stuff. The environment is, doesn't care yeah. what <laughs> what party you belong to. We know it doesn't. We are the what brings us all together and unifies us. Really, is the biology of us, mm -hmm. and that is supported by the environment of this globe. It really is. That's good, and I think we'll end it there. Wow. Zach, thank you so much. We've got, uh, it looks like, a live show coming up here at 9 o'clock with Ben and Music of the World. So that's yes, going to be Yes, and actually, I'm playing the spoons. I didn't want to tell you that. 
Oh, man, yes. I cannot wait for that show. Zach Prusak, thank you so much for being here today. Well, Nick, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor and a pleasure and an honor to be here. Oh, two of each. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. You one up me. Uh, <laughs> it's fine if you're going to be like that. We're going to end the show with a little bit more uh, lounge music. This is Esquivel with Frosty the Snowman on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida.